Hi, it's Bernard Nomberg with the Nomberg Law Firm in Birmingham, Alabama. Thank you for joining us for another weekly episode of Nomberg Law Live podcast. Each week, I try to have conversations with interesting people in their areas of expertise. And for the last few years, this has been a weekly ongoing conversation with many, many people from across the country. Ron Ingram is my guest in this week's podcast. Ron is the current director of communications for the Alabama High School Athletic Association. He's been affiliated with sports, Alabama high school sports, for several decades and is such a great fella. And we have a a great conversation about the history of Alabama sports in high school, some of the accomplished athletes, some of his favorite memories, and it really is a fun discussion. We hope you guys will enjoy it. And as always, thank you for your interest and listening to Nomberg Law Live podcast. If you like this episode, please consider giving us a five-star rating and a review, and subscribing will ensure that you get each podcasts as they come out on a weekly basis. Thank you again. Button that maybe shows you that we're recording. So in a second, say again. I just got a message saying that we were recording. We're recording, but we're not live to Facebook yet. We're going to do that in about two minutes. What I'm going to do, Ron, have you watched any of the other shows that I've done? Do you, do you Have you seen the format? Just a little bit, just a little bit. Okay, you're going to need to speak up a little bit, okay? I've got my volume at full go. Okay, I'm going to move my phone then. I think that's where my phone was located. Okay. okay. I got, my volume supposed to be full go too. Okay. I'm going to welcome everybody. I'm going to welcome you. And then we're just going to have a conversation. There's no real script. I want to talk about your time in Dothan. I want to talk about your time at the Birmingham News. I want to talk about what you're doing now. And before you know it, 20, 30 minutes have gone by. That's true. Okay. That's good. All right. Give me a second. We're about to go live in about 20 seconds. Ron, are you there, and can you hear me okay? Here, can, can you hear me? Yes, sir, and we are now live. Good morning, Ron. It's good to see you. Thank you, Bernard. Appreciate you. Wel- yes, sir. I want to welcome everybody to Nomberg Law Live. We do this each Tuesday. Sometimes we have to do it on the fly like we're doing today, and Ron, I sure appreciate you working with me so quickly. I got mixed up a little bit on where you were and where I am today. But I've got, and I'm so happy to have you with me today, Ron. I've got Ron Ingram, who is the Director of Communications with the Alabama High School Athletic Association. And Ron, good morning to you, and again, welcome to the program. Glad to be, glad to be with you. Great day. Ron, tell us, what, tell us what you're doing these days, and then we'll backtrack a little bit and get into some, how you and I knew each other from back in the day. Well, I've been with the Alabama High School Athletic Association, Bernard, since December of 2007. Uh, I'm in my uh, uh, 11th year, fixing to start my 12th year here. 
And my role is as director of communications. I work with the, the news media. I work with championship uh, events. Uh, I handle, you know, work with all of our releases and communications with member schools. It's, it's really a, a, a really rewarding place to work because it's just the same thing I did for so many years as a sports writer. I'm just on the other side of it. Not that it's an enemy side. I'm just on the other side of it and seeing things from the inside out now instead of the outside in. <laughs> Well, Ron, I know you enjoy your job, and, and you've had a job for us sports fans that uh, I think would be envious of anybody who covers high school sports, and you've done it so well for so many years. Well, you know, you, 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 I feel like what I've been able to do is write about things that might inspire other people because they inspire me, uh, but this has been a really rewarding occupation for me. It, it's it's not really a job. It's just kind of a, a way of life, really. We've been doing it for so long. Uh, but the people that are in this in this job, the other people that work at the high school, Alabama High School Athletic Association, they have the same kind of passion and the same kind of commitment to just doing whatever's best for our member schools and our and our student athletes. Well, Ron, let's step back in time for a few minutes. I, when I first uh, were familiar, was familiar with you is when I was in middle school and high school in Dothan. So tell us a little bit about your career back in the 80s and 90s before now. Right, well, I, when, I got out, when I finished college, I, I graduated the University of Alabama in uh, December of 1974, and I took a job with a gentleman named Earl Hutto, a, a real popular sports name in this state. Earl Hutto, for many, many years, was a sportscaster for channel uh, for for Panama City Channel Eight, and he was a, uh, a state legislator, and I went to work with him with an advertising and a public relations agency, and then after six months, uh, I had a chance to come to Dothan to help start the sports department of the Dothan Progress, which was a, a thirty-two thousand circulation uh, weekly newspaper. But we had so much fun there; it, we we had a chance to really just create and make our own way. I remember the very first sports section. Uh, we had, I had a chance to to play a round of golf two weeks earlier with Roger Maris at the Future Masters. And what he talked to me about in a golf cart was later made into a movie by Billy Crystal, the movie 61. Uh, we, I, 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 I was amazed at how accurate Billy Crystal was with his depiction of that year for Roger Maris' 61 homers. And then I also had a chance to write about Leroy Cook, a guy I chased all over the field in high school myself. And uh, uh, just... We had a really great time. Leroy Jordan was next, and, and we just kind of did what we wanted to do, and, and we covered a few out of high schools, which I fell in love with quickly. Uh, you were a, uh, a pretty good ball player yourself, as I remember, Bernard. Uh, had on, a, on some great teams, but uh, then I moved from the Dothan Progress to the Dothan Eagle, where I stayed until 1984, and then right before the, summer, the football season of 84, I went to the Birmingham News, where I stayed until 2007. There my role was, was uh, actually the uh, uh, high school sports editor for the Birmingham News. So, so I got to put 90% of my energy into high school sports, and that was just fantastic for me. I bet it was, because I know how strong high school sports have been over the last several decades in the state of Alabama. So I bet you were in heaven covering it up in Birmingham. Oh, I was, and I'm a little melancholy today, if you want to know the truth about it, Bernard, because one of my dear friends and, and one of the dear friends of high school sports in this state, Dr. Billy Morris, passed away earlier this week in his, in his funerals tomorrow, but he was the athletic director for the Birmingham City Schools for a long, long time. And I just really admired what he did and his passion for those kids 
and how he helped Birmingham City Schools flourish with several state championships and just uh, just just it was pretty amazing. But we 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 we're gonna miss him. He was a a college and high school teammate of Bobby Bowden. That's tough to date him a little bit, but he was a a kind gentleman who really uh, loved. Uh, people and i liked him because he elevated me to doctor he called everybody doctor so he called me dr ingram <laughs> i didn't have to get a degree to get it it was just his degree he sounds like one of those men who just helped to build the foundations for what is now such a successful programs around the state all sports really it really is and he had a big hand in the in the uh, cripple children's clinic uh game played at legion field every year which was really the the large school state football championship Northview played in it twice uh mm -hmm. in 1981 and then again in 1985 and uh then with he had a big hand in helping the super six championships come to birmingham's legion field and he still he was still active and in, in, in involved with high school sports through the monday morning quarterback club even until last year, his, his he was in charge of high school day when they honored students. Uh, all the playoff teams from uh, Jefferson County and the Birmingham City Schools, as well as at the end of the year, uh, students in each sport uh, were honored. Uh, just a special man, yeah. But but uh, it was fun in Birmingham. I, I really love Birmingham, but I uh, but I loved Oakland. I, I just I loved everywhere I've been. To be honest with you. Well, Ron, it it certainly comes across in your in the work that you've done over the years and. And for those of you just joining in, and we've got several people from different places watching right now. We've got uh, Morris Lilienthal up in Huntsville, Carla Barr, and some other folks. And we want to thank everybody who's tuning in. If you've got questions uh, for Ron, just put them in the comment section. We'll make sure that we get them to him. And, and Ron, you, you have always, among other things, impressed me with your ability of recall. Your stats and people and games is unparalleled to anybody I know. Well, I, I don't, I, you're saying I can store a lot of what would be, some people call useless information. Uh, I really, I don't know why I can remember a lot of that stuff so well, except for the fact that I've seen what it means to those kids. Uh, and, and, you know, uh, everybody might remember the goal line stand at the Sugar Bowl. I was there. That was important. I was on the goal line trying to take pictures, and I got the goal line stand as a photographer, which was a, like a, a blind hog finding an acorn. Uh, but what, when you see a kid do something special, I'll give an example. Just this past week, a kid from Gaston High School, uh, a, a young man, uh, a Hawkins kid, uh, rushed for 452 yards in the game. Uh, wow. A school record, uh, incredible night, 29 carries. It was his school's first win of the season. Can you wow. imagine? Uh, 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 that kind of performance coming coming from what could be considered disappointment, but it's not disappointment for that school. Uh, they were getting better and better, and, and they'll remember this season. Uh, anybody at that game is going to remember this season for a long, long time just because of uh, that one effort. But it was not just him that did that. Uh, it was the linemen giving their best game of the year and the defense playing well and just a special night. And uh, I remember when Northview beat Carver, of Birmingham in the state finals in 1981. And on the last play of the game, a Carver quarterback threw the ball 80 yards, it seemed like, into the end zone. And a defensive back that was never going to get to the ball jumped up and hit it with his finger and knocked it away. And, and uh, uh, Northview won 7-6. Uh, I remember that. I know. <laughs> oh, no, I do. I do. I was an eighth grader. And that's those are the kind of memories you always will always have. <laughs> 
but I bet you for the kid who ran for 452 yards in Gadsden, that's a memory of a lifetime. But, but Ryan, I bet that that crowd, which may have been two or 3,000 people as the years go on, there will have been 25,000 people at that game before <laughs> in memory. When I was in college, uh, there was a game to be played in Birmingham in 1974 between Banks and Woodlawn where they were both undefeated. Tony Nathan was on Woodlawn's team, and uh, 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 Jeff Rutledge was the quarterback at Banks. It was, it was made into a wonderful movie that uh, Jeremiah Castillo's son played Tony Nathan in the movie called Woodlawn. It's an incredible movie and about an cr incredible coach named Tandy Geralds, who I got to know uh, real well. But anybody I ran into asked me without going to the game, and I said, well, I don't know. I don't think so. I didn't go. But but after that, my my years in Birmingham, no matter who I ran into, they were at the game. And there must have been 200,000 people at the game. That's right. That's right. 6,000, and they, and they backed up the kickoff from 7.30 to 8.30, I believe it was, because the, they only opened one gate at Legion Field, and the line of tickets, they were up, uh, up the uh, – uh, the street there, almost 10 blocks, still trying to get in at halftime. So there wow. was a, were a lot of people there, probably the biggest crowd we've ever had, but it's amazing how the crowd has gotten bigger through the years. That's right. Ron, we've got a question. Elsa Nielsen, and I hope I'm pronouncing her name right, Elsa, uh, her question to you is, do you think the 2010s will be regarded as a golden age of high school football, considering the talent we've had this year with three four-star QBs from the Birmingham area. I think you need to write another few chapters of your book. Well, you know, this is, a, this is an unusual year for quarterbacks. But, you know, we've had some other unusual years for quarterbacks. You know, uh, we've got Bo Nix right now who's closing in on the all-time total offense record. The guy he beat was Jamarcus Russell, who started in the state championship game as a ninth grader and was the first player drafted in the NFL draft. Uh, he was not the player we thought he'd be in football in the NFL, mainly because of some other problems. But uh, we've had great years, uh, great seasons. This is this is really a good time right now uh, for passing. Uh, back when I was in Dothan, it was the time of wishbone offenses, if you remember. And boy, you're talking about that's that's when Stephen Sheely uh, uh, in the mid '70s came out of Alabama as a wishbone quarterback. And Wilbur Jackson came out of Ozark as a wide receiver, and he ended up being an NFL running back. You know, so uh, but this is a good time, Miss Nelson. I think you're right. We do have a lot of good quarterbacks. Uh, there's a, we've got the three uh, three you talk about in uh, uh, Paul Tyson, which is Coach Bryant's great grandson at Hewitt Trustwell. You've got Tolua Tagovailoa at Thompson, who is the younger brother of Tua Tagovailoa. And he's an incredible quarterback. Bo Nix is at Pennsylvania Valley. But now we also have a kid named uh, Michael, uh, uh, I believe his name is Michael Anna Bonnet, who's already been over uh, 400 yards three times this year passing. And Falkville has a quarterback named Aaron Dove, who went over 400 yards one week and over 500 the next week. And he didn't play last week because they were off. And he threw nine, excuse me, 15 touchdown passes those two weeks. We've got, and that's a class one age group. We've got some really wow. good. Good receivers too, though. You know, for the for the for the population for the state of Alabama per capita, we put out some pretty good athletes every year. A good trivia question, uh, Bernard, is that which state has produced more players on that have participated in uh, the uh, football championship series? 
which which state would you think had has had more 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 kids to play in uh, championship series through the years? And it's a pretty obvious answer in Alabama because the University of Alabama and Auburn have been in there, and we have a lot of kids on those rosters. But not too long ago, when not only did we have Alabama in the national championship game, but we had Jacksonville State in the next level, the the football uh, the football bowl series championship game, whatever that was called then. Uh, Last year, we had a, a coach at Clemson who played at an Alabama high school. Uh, that year, the, the, the other time I was talking about with Jacksonville State, their head coach, John Gross, played at Asheville High School. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, the tradition, and right now we've got Jeremy Pruitt, who's co- who played ball at Plainview High School. His dad's still coaching at Albertville, now Bill Pruitt. He's the head coach at Tennessee. And Kirby Smart's dad, Sonny Smart, got his start coaching at Holtville High School in Alabama. And and I believe that's where Kirby was born is, is when they were in at Hopeful. Well, Ron, yeah. I got a I've got a good a good little piece of trivia for you that when my brother David actually watches this later on, he likes to say that he put Kirby Smart on the map. Because you know, Norfolk used to play Bainbridge back in the day, and Kirby intercepted David, I think, three times over the two different years they played each other. So David likes to think he helped to propel him to Georgia and got him into where he is today. <laughs> Who was the better quarterback, Bernard or David? I'd say Robert. Robert may still hold some records. Yeah, he had Robert threw the 69 passes in one game, I believe, against Greenville, if I'm not mistaken. And did, and they lost. Yeah, that was not the best year for Northview, but that was, again, one of those incredible performances in a a game where everything just came right. And let them know that, you know, we're, we're not, it's really, a lot of times, there's not that much difference in a 10 and 1 team and and I say a, a 2 and 8 team it's mm-hmm. just a, a play here a play there and a confidence builder there here a confidence builder there uh probably the number one in the secret ingredient of a successful high school program is consistency if you want to meet Mr. consistency just go to Luverne a, a Luverne home game and ask somebody where where coach coach Glenn Daniel is sitting and he'll be sitting there at age 92 still could out coach anybody I no, and uh, it's a delightful gentleman. He won 303 games at uh, most of them at Luverne High School, and, and and Buddy Anderson at Vestavia Hills. He's won every single one of his 333 games at Vestavia Hills High School. His dad Dubby won 185 games uh, at Thomasville High School. His dad and him and, and Buddy have been at two schools. Ron, I got got another question. They're they're coming in for you. This is from my buddy Morris up in Huntsville. Do you like playing the state championships at the big stadiums like at Alabama and Auburn, or would you rather they play at home stadiums of the home team with the better record? He's asking, he's asking an old reporter that question, and obviously the old reporter would say, when they played them at the old home stadiums, I got to see one of them each year. Now that they play them all at one site, I get to see them all. So I personally, from a reporter's standpoint, I, it's a no-brainer. But ask, ask, reverse that question. What would would I, what would he want to do as a player? A player would love nothing better than to have the opportunity to play on the same field that Tony Nathan played on or the same field that Bo Jackson played on. The very first year we were in Tuscaloosa, I saw a, a young girl kiss the ground when she came in a cheerleader. She said, my dad is standing on the same hallowed ground that Bear Bryant stood on. These kids 
have a blast. It's a memory that will they'll never forget. Now, playing at home is a great memory, but playing on the road in a final is not a great memory sometimes. Uh, mm-hmm. But it, but I still do love the old scene in Hoosiers where they're traveling to the next game, and you see the long caravan of cars driving through the snow with the lights on. That's that's something that highlights my high school time at Pike County High School. But watching my high school win five state championships, at, I saw I saw them win one, uh, two at Pike County. And I saw them at Pike County High School, and I saw them win three at at, uh, uh, at Legion Field. And mm-hmm. I would take Legion Field any day, even though it was a great place at Pike County, and I parked in my aunt's yard and walked to the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I never felt prouder. Uh, but it was an ex- incredible experience to see my school, my team, my relatives, my fans uh, in that stadium w- watching the team win a state championship. And Ron, the- it's a- – it's so true. The, the the same month that I played in the state championship at Legion Field, Van Tiffen made his famous kick. Right. Same stadium, same month. I grew up going to Alabama games and, and particularly the Iron Bowl at Legion Field. And I also saw the Birmingham Stallions play there. So to, to, to be able to play at that stadium, that meant that was huge to all of us. Again, ask, ask the player the question, and I can ask you that because you played an 85 game, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. And y'all played, I believe, in that. Not, not hoping you played Johnson, J.O. Johnson. Or was it Hudson? Thankfully, we didn't. J.O. Johnson was the number two team in the nation, and they got beat by Huffman. Right, they sure did. And y'all played Huffman, right? And, we but, did. Uh, and, and that was like a home game to Huffman because mm-hmm. even though they played all their home games in Legion Field, they did play some that year. That was my second year at the Birmingham News, and I can tell you I was extremely proud to see uh, Northview in the finals that year because I knew Harry Wayne Parrish. I knew most of those players. I covered y'all before I left. But the year before, Prattville was in the finals, and I believe they beat J.L. Johnson that year. And, uh, and But Prattville was there, and John Glasscock was the coach, and I remember seeing him take a fledgling Dale County team and turn it around into a great, great football program. He was at Rehoboth and did the same thing. And I was really proud of John Glasscock, too, because, you know, I knew him. It was a friend, and it was a lot of fun to see the number of folks from Dothan, Alabama, sitting in those bleachers, both in 81 and 85. That's that's right. That's right. I want it. We've got several people watching in, Ron, and, and I just love talking to you about all this stuff. This is such brings back such great memories. Brad Hardy down in Dothan, Dr. Brad Goodman here in town. Uh, Lynn Gursky is watching us. Courtney Hanahan, thank you guys. And if y'all got questions for Ron while we're on either now live, send them to us in the comment section or or later on because I'll rebroadcast this several times. Ron, let's come a little bit more modern. Tell us what you're doing these days as Director of Communications for the State Athletic Association. Doing and this very week, if you as an example, is we're, we're having area girls volleyball tournaments right now. Uh, the class classes uh, 2A, 3A, 5A, and 6A played last night with the winners and runner ups in the areas advancing to super regional play this weekend. And tonight we will have 1A, uh, uh, see 1A, uh, uh, 7A, and 4A playing tonight. And then we'll have all the pairings for the Super Regionals, which will be at the Von Braun Center in Huntsville and at the Tramps and Bowl Multiplex in Montgomery. And those winners of the top four teams from each of the classes will go to uh, 
the crossplex next week for the state championships. And Menard volleyball is such an exciting sport right now. It has actually grown to be uh, one of, I think it's third best in attendance, in attendance right now for us of all our sports, behind basketball and football. Wow. I can just from going to my, my daughters both went to the Altamont school and they've had success in the last few years, but sitting in those basketball gyms for those volleyball games, it's as loud as any, any contest, any basketball game I've ever sat through. And this month there's a lot of pink because let me tell you, these kids really get behind uh, uh, anything that they can get you know, from a sportsmanship standpoint. They really get behind causes and this is breast cancer awareness month. And what better better way to, to, to show that is through, through a good, strong volleyball program. This, that Falkville team I was telling you about, the night the kids threw for 503 yards, the volleyball team had played in uh, War Pink all week and had a tournament in honor of uh, breast cancer awareness and to raise money. And the cross-country team uh, had a relay from the stadium to, to a nearby Danville where a kid, uh, a neighboring school, had a young man who was dealing with cancer, they ran there and then ran the ball back in a relay like the Olympic torch. And then that oh, night, Pilot wow. dressed in pink, dropped the football for the game into the stadium. They did all of that and raised close to $20,000 for uh, uh, cancer, breast cancer uh, research. Um, that was oh, that's one just, Ron, it's, it's stories like that that make, I, I'm putting myself in your position, that would make that type of job just all worth it. Those human stories are so meaningful and they just touch you. Uh, they just, they bring out the emotions. They really do. One thing that I have, there's several things I've been fortunate to be a part of. I've had a chance to be a part of the selection committee for really ever since its inception for the Alabama Sports, uh, Alabama High School Sports Hall of Fame. I feel like I should have sent checks for tuition because it was like a history class. I was sitting in my office with Alan Mitchell, the man that really started that Hall of Fame. Uh, uh, and fortunately for me, I, 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 he and I got to be inducted in it the same year. And he feels like I do. We just we just kind of, uh, if you call cheating getting in, we just told the stories about people that should have been in. Uh, but also the Bryant-Jordan Selection Committee, uh, I, that's something that, that has been but really become a passion of mine. I started it when I was with the Birmingham News, uh, being on that committee. But if folks want to hear some stories of triumph, they really ought to know the, those achievement award winners that get honored every year. What some of those kids have gone through to get to where they are and, and to see them be so successful. Uh, last year, the overall Bryant Jordan Scholar athlete was from Mount Brook. And what an incredible kid he was. Uh, we honor, uh, that program honors 56 student athletes, scholar athletes. And then 56 that could be scholar athletes, maybe, but they're more honored for their achievements of overcoming really some what we what we would call insurmountable obstacles. And it's just a joy to be a part of that. And and you see those stories and you see the difference that high school sports makes in people's lives. What men like Coach Daniel and my boss Steve Savarese and other great coaches and great women coaches like Becky Dickinson who coached volleyball and. Uh, the, the list the list is a mile long. Harry Wayne Parish, the kind of people that they make a difference in people's lives because they take a child and they let them know somebody really cares about them, but really is going to hold them accountable, mm -hmm. and then they're going to go out and work together to try their best to be successful at something. And and if they fail, it's not because they didn't give it the effort. If they and they really don't fail, 
uh, my bet one of my best friends in Birmingham was Sammy Dunn, the baseball coach at Vestavios High School. He won nine. He coached nine state baseball championships in ten years at Vestavios in the nineties. Had a chance to write a book about Coach uh, Dunn's year, uh, the, his career. But he said to me, he said before the season would start, after they picked their team, they would look at each player on their roster. And they would say, what can we do? What does this young man need from us to be better when he leaves here than he is when we when he arrives? And he said, what we talked about had very little to do with baseball. He said, at the end of the year, we would evaluate how good, what a job, what kind of job they did. He said, we might have won the state championship, but some years we'd have to give ourselves an F because he didn't think they had given those kids what they needed that particular year. Some years he said, it was incredible. He said, but that's that's what his job was, was to do what was best for those kids. And winning, he said, the folks that win get far too much credit for their for winning. He said, that's taken care of when the kids learn what it is they need to learn. I guess Coach Saban calls that the process. Mm-hmm. They, they get them for three or four years, but it's memories, excuse me, it's impressions that last a lifetime. I, I bet you... Many, many, many former high school and college athletes, they look back at those times and the impressions that that coaches have made, good or bad. But, but Ron, I've been to the Bryant-Jordan Scholarship dinners uh, many years, had the privilege of sitting there, and those stories are just a perseverance, are just incredible. They really are. I, I'm in a Sunday school class with a, with a couple whose granddaughter, uh, was one of those honored last year, uh, uh, a girl named Zoe Portis. And Zoe was, uh, she was born in Ethiopia. She was uh, living a, a life of starvation, even trying to scrounge around as early as age five just to find food for her grandparents. I think her parents had already died. And a family here in, in, in uh, Montgomery, Alabama had a passion for these for young kids, and, and the Portis family adopted her. Well, she came here and we started to school uh, at a young age at Trinity Presbyterian School in our association. And she graduated with honors. She's, uh, she was a soccer player. And she stood up and spoke at the, at the Bright Jordan. I think you may have, if you went last year, you heard it. Not a dry eye in the building when she said how fortunate and how lucky she felt she was. But how lucky and how fortunate we are because of people like her and because of people like the Portises who really go that extra mile and, and the teachers and the coaches at Trinity that really looked at that child as worthy of their very best. And she certainly proved them right. Ron, uh, Ron I, I had tears like the rest of us. It was awfully dusty during her speech, but I know, I know Joy and, and Cole well, and I know uh, coach Randy Ragsdale at Trinity. He was, Defensive coach at Northview my senior year uh, back in the mid-80s. Coach Parrish told me many times the difference in the team was not the players. It was it was Coach Ragdale, Ragdale and what he brought to the cohesiveness of that coaching staff and to that mm-hmm. team. Mm-hmm. And Randy lived it. And just last year, I believe it was, he was he was the recipient of the Bubba Scott Fellowship of Christian Athletes uh, Award, which goes to someone who emulates what Mr. Scott did for others for so many years. He was an executive director here for, for a long, long time. And Randy uh, was really over, overwhelmed. Buddy Anderson has won that award. That's pretty special, pretty special. That's, that's some high company right there. But Ron, I, 
We're getting close to the end of the interview, and I sure appreciate your time. I could talk to you all day, but you've got other stuff you've got to do. Um, but I, I want to close with this. I want to jog your memory a little bit, and I want you to, to tell us some of your favorite games, moments, players who you've witnessed. It doesn't matter the sport, but your, your, your career has spanned since the, the 80s, and you've seen some of the best. So share with us just a little bit of your memories. So I don't forget them. Uh, you have to put Tanya Tice at the top of the list, uh, of an offensive a point guard that was at Phil Campbell when I first saw her in the seventh grade. If I remember right, the high school team was like uh, zero and eleven. She was on the middle school team. They moved her up to the point guard, and they finished up nineteen and nineteen and twelve, and got beaten the state finals. Uh, the next year, they got back to the state finals. Her dad was the head football coach, and he moved to Pell City. She went there. They won 14 the year before she got there. The next year, she hit a shot at the buzzer to win the 5A state championship. The next year, uh, her, her, she ended up going. Uh, she ended up going back to Hamilton because her mother was sick, and she led Hamilton to the state championship the next year. And that was a, a shot close to the buzzer. And then her last year, Hamilton was back in the finals. They played Pell City, the team she had left. And Pell City won the game probably by 15 or 20, but she was named most valuable player, and she got a standing ovation for at least 15 or 20 minutes. And the mascot at Pell City was dressed up like a big old panther, and once one of her best friends in the panther came over and picked her up and hugged her. I don't think I'll ever forget that moment, one of the greatest moments in high school sports now, for her. Now, now, in football, there's been so many. Uh, but I, a game that I'll never forget, I think I could write it tomorrow, was Slocum versus Elmore County, and I believe it was 1978 in the semifinals. And uh, Slocum had hired Johnny Long's daughter as the band director. And she came into Slocum, and she had two, she had probably 200 kids in the band, and they were loud. But that was the best part of the game for Slocum for a half. At the, <laughs> at the end of the half, they were losing 24 to nothing to a very good Elmore County team. Alvin Freeman was on that team. I think he signed with Alabama. He was a, a great running back and defensive player. And the second half started, that, and, and, and they would not even had a first down. And Coach Tew's team at Slocum had to kick off, too, and they were thinking, boy, how can we get this game over with quicker? Well, on the kickoff, Alvin, for some reason, had a brain warp, and he let the ball roll dead at the eight. Slocum recovered, took about three plays and scored, went for two and made it, and now it was 24 to eight. Well, they... Coach Burt, Terry Burt, who was in the high school Hall of Fame year, he called Alvin off to the side and really gave him a little lesson on remembering what the rules were. He put him back out there, and dang if it didn't happen again, but this time on the two. Slocum recovered. They scored, went for two. Now we have 24-16. Well, now they're all fired up, and that band has never been louder. Well, right after that, uh, Slocum uh, kicked off again, and Alvin caught the ball and had a good return. And they didn't, they had to punt. And right as the fourth quarter started, Slocum got the ball. And they had a boy named Benny Joe, Benny, excuse me, Benny Earl Youngblood playing tailback. 5'7", maybe 170 pounds. They had a 26 play march. He had 26 plays. They scored with 30 seconds left in the game to make it 24 to 22. And they lined up, he had every carry. They lined up to go for two. They had a great play call. But this player from Elmore County came through the backfield and tackled Benny Earl in the backfield, and they won 24-22. to 22. Alvin mm -hmm. Freeman made the tackle. 
And in the next week, Elmore County won the state championship. Three to nothing, wow. I believe. I'll never forget that game. And I was talking on jocks one day, telling somebody about that score. They asked me this question. And Benny Earl was riding through Birmingham, and he gave a call. And he said, I didn't think anybody would remember that game. I said, Benny, nobody would forget it if they were ever there. If they were there, you know. That's so right. That's, and, and in basketball, one of my great – one of the, I saw a lot of great players. I loved watching Jim Farmer play in Dothan. Uh, I love watching uh, Hedlund High School play down there. But probably my, my, one of my most memorable players was a boy named Jeremy Monso. He came to Park Lake Christian, and he ended up scoring over 50 points 39 times in his high school career. He was wow. incredible. But I could go on and on. Baseball, uh, incredible. Uh, we have such an incredible history of baseball here. Uh, and one of my favorite memories in baseball was when Stedman Sheely struck out. He struck out. David White struck him out, and the rest of the team thought, my goodness, Stedman never strikes out. And then he came back to the dugout. He put his bat on the rack and said, well, he was just better than me that time. Tell me a whole lot about Stephen Sheely in high school. Sure did. Well, Ron, I, I I can't thank you enough. These are some awesome memories. I appreciate you agreeing and having the time to do this on such short notice. But uh, I hope that uh, that our paths cross again real soon. Well, appreciate. It. Thanks for teaching me about this app. I'm 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 66 years old now. And the word app means I'm out not to know how to do it. <laughs> well, guys, thank you for tuning in with us. I've had Ron. Ingram, who is currently the Director of Communications at the Alabama High School Athletic Association. He's had a wonderful career as a sports reporter, knows more high school sports trivia than any person. You're on my team any Wednesday night that we've got trivia, that's for sure. Ron, thank you again, guys. We'll catch you again next week with Nomberg Law Live. Take care. <laughs>